Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. With me on this fantastic episode is our very own Phil Schneider. Phil, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well, sir. How are you doing today? Excellent. I'm doing excellent. And today we are going to talk a little bit about implantable technology. More specifically, what the Bible says about implantable technology. Or, you know, what should our biblical worldview of implantable technology. And for those that may be curious as to what the definition of implantable technology is, basically it's technology that you implant in your body. So that would be, for instance, a smartphone that is grafted uh, into your, say, your forearm. Uh, it could be, as crazy as that sounds, they've actually done that. Uh, it could be, um, it can be birth control microchips that they can implant on you. It can be... Didn't a guy implant a camera on the back of his head to take pictures while he was walking away from people? That's weird enough to be true, so I imagine somebody's done that. <laughs> I think a professor did that for a study. He took, put a, a camera on the back of his head. That's crazy, but people do it. And, it you know, yeah. they, they have the, the, the pills that you can swallow that then there's like an app, you know, that then tracks your body. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that they can do far beyond like the classic. I, I suppose technically a pacemaker is a form of implantable technology, but we, we seem to be, we're, we're certainly getting on to, into an age where it's a little bit more, less medical necessity and a little bit more, I hate to say the words for fun, but we, we certainly are getting to a new level of, of implantable technology. Phil, what is your take on it? When it comes to Church Mag, your niche really is uh, science fiction and theology. So you are the perfect fit to, to talk about this. Uh, Phil, what, what, what do you think about this implantable technology? Well, I, let's, let's take it the sci-fi route, okay? I think what you've highlighted there, the pacemaker versus like the implantable smartphone, it's a, that's a pretty important divide there. I think there's a distinct difference between implantable technology for medical purposes and implantable technology to augment the human being, you know what I'm saying, to make us more than human. Uh, that's where I think we get into some dangerous territories, basically saying, hey, God, thanks. It's like that, that Kanye West. I go, hey, God, human beings are great, right? But, uh, you know, cyborgs are like way better. And uh, I'll let you finish, Jesus, but first. And so I think that that's a, there's an issue there we get into. If I can put it in a sci-fi um landscape for you there's a big difference between tony stark building the the mini arc reactor to keep himself alive okay and uh what they did for darth vader makes sense like it's still medical technology but they didn't try to keep darth alive or anakin alive they turned him into you know a monster hmm, interesting because i mean some might argue in that science fiction um uh analogy that you know it it was keeping vader alive i, I would almost i to me it would it would be kind of like the if you're making a sci-fi comparison it would be like the tony stark keeping himself alive with the fusion technology okay like to keep himself to keep him alive right not to even have superpowers the difference between that and somebody uh doing that to themselves so that they wouldn't have to go to sleep at night. Okay. I think it's a, it's a, it's a cleaner comparison. I was kind of in my mind envisioning the Obi-Wan quote, he's more machine than man now, uh, twisted and evil. And I think the idea they're, they're trying to communicate there was that technology, that, that being more machine had been to warp his mind. Does that make sense? That he'd begin to lose part of his humanity. And there's a whole, we get lost in the story there. I'm not going to actually go on and on and on about that stupid stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, maybe, maybe I got lost in the 
story a little bit too much. And, and once again, science fiction proves itself to be a great way to to look at humanity in a very, very specific way. That's one reason why things like Doctor Who and stuff like that is so, so awesome um, uh, to me. Well, and speaking of, I watched an episode just the other day, uh, the episode Time Heist from the current season. So if you've not watched that, just spoiler, fast forward like 30 seconds. But uh, the doctor has to rob a bank and um, – Assisting him is a augmented human being, a basically what we might call a low-level cyborg, meaning completely human body, but with uh, computer implants in the brain, so that the brain can interface with computers, can scan information quickly and process it very fast. And well, part of me thinks, well, that'd be super cool to use my brain as part of my, you know, we, we get that much closer to the computer. You know I'm saying, but what we're basically saying is our goals become more like our creations than our creator, and that. That's what scares me about the whole process. Now, Romans chapter one, they worship the creator more than the creation more than the creator, and that just seems really scary to me. Wow, that is you have almost reached boom shakalaka level with that quote right there, Phil. <laughs> uh, recently, I posted this on uh, Church Mag a few weeks ago, and I decided that this would be a great question for John Dyer, who's the author of From the Garden to the City. This was right up his alley as well, and uh, I had the opportunity to ask him the, the question essentially, what does the Bible say about implantable? technology. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. Today on Church Mag, we have John Dyer, and we are going to talk a little bit about implantable technology. Now, recently I saw a news article talking about implantable technology, implantable smartphones in your body, uh, healing chips that you can take that monitor, you know, like cyber implants to to monitor and treat diseases. Um, they have cyber pills, as they call them, that can talk to your doctor, implantable birth control. It seems like, you know, just as just as we're getting used to wearable technology, right, you know, Google Glass and, and these things, those types of tech, pieces of technology are raising a lot of questions. And this is like a step beyond that. We're not talking about even wearable technology. We're talking about implantable technology, technology that we that we use on and with our body. And I just wanted to see what kind of thoughts you had on that. You know, you're a real church, the intersection of church and technology kind of expert with your great book, From the Garden to the City. So I just wondered what kind of insight and perspective you had on these questions that may arise from not wearable technology, but implantable technology. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think that the... the Things I would use to kind of help start framing that are, you know, are there any guardrails that scripture gives us that helps us frame, you know, when are we starting to move outside and when are we, you know, within the middle? And then also just some, some perspective things about today, you know, to think about um, before we got online, we were talking about how today a lot of my day was driven by the traffic and how bad that was. And in a sense, that's sort of this technological structuring of my very life, you know, um, and, and what I can and can't do and how much I see my family and work and all that stuff is structured by things that are well outside of me. Um, and so, so I, I think putting some, some of that kind of perspective on it can be helpful before you just jump in and say, you know, can you put this in your body or not? Right. Um, because, because I think it, it would be hard to evaluate, you know, each one and make, make, you know, binary yes or no calls. So I, I don't, I don't think we can say exact yes or no, but I think we can start to put some, some guardrails on it. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite quote unquote arguments when people are talking about the overuse of tablets and smartphones, uh, especially with their kids. I mean, no one would ever say, you know, little Johnny, and I just picked that randomly, John, not because you're John. <laughs> I've been getting that for a few years. 
<laughs> you know, it, it's not like people say to the kids, you know, you're reading too much. You really need to guard the time that your children spend reading books. I mean, no one would ever say that, but yet that is a form of technology. Yeah, exactly. And and I think and I think you know, depending on the generation, you know, you do see that, um, you know, what what the concern is. And so there there used to be some some concern about people kind of getting too absorbed into the book world, you know, and you don't see that as much anymore. Um, I mean, I think I think if I was going to put like maybe one one or two sort of guarding type things on it, I mean, I think for me when I get to kind of the Genesis two area and God looks at the garden and he puts Adam there and he says, what's Adam there for? And the two things he gives him, one is this word cultivate or, 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 um, or make or something like that, where it's like God's kind of dumped out a box of Legos and said, make something from this. Your job is to make tools and, and take all the natural resources to create stuff. That's your job. And then the other one though, is this word of like keeping or preserving where, you know, it would be normally with a garden, it would be just upkeep. But there's also this idea of, of that word can be used for like a soldier to guard a city, you know? So I think like, you know, if God dumps out the Legos, you don't want to just like melt them and, and burn them, right? So you, you need to do some element of, of balancing this making and preserving. And then I think if God is the example of making, then he certainly has this this rhythm of, of work and then of Sabbath. And that Sabbath is there, you know, before the law that Christ abolishes, right? That, that's something that's built into, you know, the beginning of before there's sin and all that stuff. So I think for me, somewhere in between this, you know, gar- this making and preserving, right? I want to be somewhere in there um, where, I'm, where I'm not just lazy and not working, but I'm also not so much working that I'm changing myself too much. And then I also want to make sure that I have some ability to um, have some rhythm of work and rest that I, that I can, I don't know if I want to use the word control, but that I can kind of enter into. And when I start losing those things, then I start getting a little bit worried. Yeah, you know, and what I find so inspiring about this perspective that you've you've outlined here just now, and you've outlined before in From the Garden to the City and different blog posts, it's principles that can be applied across the board. You know, it's not something, you know, like you said, looking at a specific binary yes or no because it isn't a binary yes or no and you know we can't be all embracing of all bits of technology and we can't be rejecting of all and instead of having a knee-jerk reaction having fundamental principles that we that we understand and know and live so that when new bits of technology show up or even old bits of technology that we live with every day that we don't even think about that just seems naturally part of our world we can look at it with that biblical worldview and and uh and be healthier people. Yeah. And for, for me, one of the fun things about what I think sci-fi does really well is that it, is it helps you kind of think about what humanity actually is today by see, by seeing things shifted just a little bit. And um, But we almost live in a sci-fi world where instead of like the, the, all being these dreams of what it would be like 100 years from now, most things are like, oh, that's what it's going to be like in five years, right? And so I, th- I think when you think about implantable technology and what if something was always on all the time, you know, would I be able to have a Sabbath? Well, in, in, in reality, like I kind of have an implantable chip in my pocket, right? This thing is almost always on me, and I think about it a lot. You know, I, I'm, right now, Angry Birds Transformers is trying to get me to go get some coins, you know? And, and so in a sense, I have this like this sort of pull. And, and so as I reflect about what it would be like to have an, an implantable Apple Watch or whatever, and that seems kind of I kind of have this knee-jerk reaction. I would never want that. But I kind of functionally live that way today. So I think that's what's cool about looking at these these future things is that they help you see what you're currently doing today and better. John, always clear, concise answers. I appreciate 
your study of technology and being able to present it in such a palatable way that that anyone, whether it be you know somebody who writes code like you do or somebody who's just you know they just got onto Facebook and they're just trying to navigate this stuff. You know, no matter where you are on the on the spectrum of technology, you're able to provide you know thoughtful, um, practical answers that as Christians we can uh, we can really hold on to. All right, let's do it again, Eric. Okay, appreciate it. All right, awesome. Thanks, John. And once again, Phil, John answers these questions so well. It blows me away every time because when I when I ask him a question or have him on for an interview, I expect it to take like 20 or 30 minutes, and he nails it in like eight minutes flat and still has time to tell a joke. I'm telling you, it's amazing. There's a person who is uniquely placed in both the Christian and technological world to give a concise but yet uh, helpful answer. And it's just, it's he's, he's good at what he does. You know, what I found so interesting about his perspective is he essentially said, said, look, guys, this, you're not, this isn't a binary answer, which I love that. It's not a yes or a no. We have to take, we have to look at the bigger picture, right? This isn't a yes or no thing. We always get caught up in the yes or no, don't we? We certainly do. And, and he, he said, he essentially said, look, you know, we have wearable technology in a sense. It's just in our pocket. And so perhaps we're asking the wrong question. And the answer is in the fact that we already have implantable technology in theory, because we always have the smartphone in our pocket. We always have it on us. It's not under our skin, but it's always on us. And are we willing to take that digital Sabbath? Are we willing to turn it off? Are we willing to be in control of the technology instead of the technology controlling us? And really, with the question of what's the biblical worldview, or what should the Christian's perspective be on implantable technology, the answer to that question is already here because in theory— in uh, in our perspective of how we approach technology, implantable technology is already here if you own a cell phone. Yeah, I think the problem is we're asking the question, is this going too far? And I think the answer is we've actually already gone too far. You know, in some, in some respects, we've already crossed the line. Technology already already has too big a part of our lives. And I'm, I'm talking to myself. I know that, that I have a problem with technology. I was talking to my wife the other day. I said, if I could go back in time, I wouldn't have gotten an iPhone. I would have just kept my flip flip phone and maybe, maybe got an iPad to use um, as a laptop replacement, essentially, just to, you know, to, to take with me to work. So I'm walking around the room in my class. I like to be able to take notes of what they're doing. On a digital device, but the iPhone is, is is always with me. I can never, I'm never without it. An iPad might be left in, left in a drawer or left at home, but the the, the smartphone is always there. And you just there's this, this knee jerk reaction to pick it up and, just, and to dive into a digital world. And I think that I think we've already we've already crossed that line. And, and chasing chasing it further, I think is we're just going to double down on, on on the same thing. I think that we've already crossed the, the threshold. So when so when John was talking about the fact that uh, of taking being able to take a digital Sabbath, for example, like how did that resonate with you when he said that? Oh, I've been I'm actually been talking a little bit about about Sabbath and reading a little bit about it myself on uh, other in other aspects, and I think that it's a credible point. It, it's the, the Sabbath was God when, when God rested on the seventh day. He rested because all the all the work was done. Creation was done. He rested from his creation work, and that's the environment that we were born into. That humanity was created into, created into God's rest. That you know God made us, and then boom, Sabbath began, and we should be resting with God. And 
when, when the fall happened, God said, okay, you've broken the Sabbath, you've broken the rest, the curses come, you need to, you're need you going to work six days, you're going to struggle for six days, but that seventh day, you're going to rest and remember what life was like before you fell. And you're going to remember what life will be, you're, you're going to project forward what life will be like when I bring restoration to the world. And if we can't have that time, we're lo- missing out on a very important reminder of both our past situation and our glorious future. And I, I just, the more and more I realize that the Sabbath is something that is one of the biggest spiritual disciplines that the church has lost. Mm, wow. You know, I, I love how John, what he said about, it's as if God poured out a bucket of Legos and said, create something. And, and that we don't just then burn them, but we try to build something. And so I like how he addressed, and, and this is coming from people that love technology. You love tech. I love tech. John loves tech. This is this is Church Mag. We're all about church and technology. And here we're talking about scaling it back. But we're not really saying scaling it back. We're talking about getting it under our reins, right? Getting getting in control of this thing so that, you know, five or six days of the week, we are building things. We are creating things just like the Creator has has done in this world, creating awesome things for the kingdom of God, using technology, but not letting it control us and taking a Sabbath and turning the thing off. I think that... I think that the Sabbath is the day we rest upon his creation. We rest upon his promise of restoration. And I'm, I'm afraid that if we move forward into this and we blur the lines between biology and technology, we're, we're going to make that impossible. You know, and I'm afraid, again, like I said before, I think that we're, we're, we're chasing after this image of like, we're, we're going to perfect ourselves. We're going to prefer, we're, we're going to fix ourselves. I'm working on a blog post eventually on the, the idea of the quantified self that we are, we are, we view ourselves now more and more in, in numbers. Number of books I read this year, number of words I wrote for NaNoWriMo, n- n- number of uh, calories burned today, steps taken. And number of likes had, number of interests on your profile page. Wow, incredible. Exactly. We are reducing ourselves more and more into into you know bits of information, bits of data, and I just I don't want to say that implantable technology is bad because again we already have it in essence through our smartphones, but I'm afraid that we are really we are gifted by our Creator to become creators like Him, and John's totally right about that. We're called to cultivate, to create, and to guard and to pre- preserve what God has already given us. But I think that. Our fallen nature has so twisted our desire to create that we are trying to almost recreate and perfect ourselves with our technology, and that's what concerns me. Wow. Well said, Phil. I think what you've had to say and what John has had to say about our relationship with technology is so important, not only in the church tech world, since we're all, we all have the smartphones and we like to stay up on this stuff and we're, we're building things with technology, but it's very important for those that are knee-jerk reaction against technology and say, look, you know, you need to look at this, uh, you need to look at this from a healthier perspective. We, un- I understand why some people have the knee-jerk reaction of uh, why it's bad, because they are seeing these things that we've pointed out, but it isn't all bad. And taking, having a healthy approach, I think, is the most effective approach from those that love tech and for those that hate tech. Um, the interview that we shared here with John on the podcast, there is a little bit of a snippet um, that, we've, that we are, will be posting on the Church Mag YouTube channel. We'll be sharing a post where he answers this exact question of what's the biblical view of implantable technology and then there's a little funny thing at the end so if you listen to the podcast be sure to watch for the youtube that will, the video clip from the interview that we um he'll be posting here in the next day or two and uh be sure to catch that um 
It was pretty awesome. So with that, Phil, thank you so much for your time and sharing sharing a little bit of your awesome with all of us. Church Mag Podcast has been brought to you by Church Community Builder. Church Community Builder is a web-based church management software. Church Community Builder, they care about church leaders. Learn more about Church Community Builder at churchcommunitybuilder.com. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. You win. Perfect. Perfect.